Greetings, friends. Back in May, Dennis Sugru, Mike Spuches, and myself played a little Dungeons and Dragons in hopes of raising money for the Vera House here in Syracuse. With your love and support, we raised $4,775. But that's not everything. With the help of Prevention Network here in Syracuse, they donated $500 additional on top and as well as $310 from Three Lives Barcade in Syracuse. A grand total of $5,585. Unbelievable. We could not do this without your love and support. From Prevention Network to Three Lives to all the people that donated, all the people that showed up during our jujitsu seminar, you guys are a major reason of why the Dungeons and Donations charity events are always so over the top. And we are just through the roof at how much love and support you guys give us and constantly show up for us. So here's something that I wanted to do to give back as a thank you. I took the charity stream and I cut and edited it into a live play podcast. So I cut out all the extra fat, all the uh, ums, and so, and cut, cut all of that out, took it all out, made it short, bite-sized episode. Part one is about an hour long. I'm working on part two right now. Hopefully we'll have that out in a couple weeks and I'm excited to share the whole adventure for you. But for now, here's at least part one of a one-shot adventure I wrote myself called the Iron Horse Auction. In this adventure, my friend Dennis plays Dunning Kruger and Mike Spuches plays our friend Xanthorpe. And they're like these weird bug creature looking things. I can't wait for you to meet them if you haven't listened to the stream already. They did such a good job role playing together. And these characters are so funny. They fit into this world so well. So here is One Shot Adventure. The, the Iron, Iron Horse, Horse Auction. What's going on? What are we doing here? All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a one shot that I wrote myself, and it is called what? the Iron Horse Auction. Don't say what yet, because this is the <clears throat> first time we're testing it. It could be terrible. It could be awesome. We're going to find out right now. Ready? So, uh, it's... around to find out, bro. That's right, son. It's uh, a sunny fall day in a very small, familiar farming town that we all know as Timber Sprout. The smells of fresh-cut wheat lingers through the air as the villagers are starting the harvest before the winter months. Our story starts actually much like any other D&D adventure. We're starting inside the Timber Sprout Tavern. The inn has uh, hosted many guests and travelers passing through the small, quiet town of Timber Sprout. But as the camera pans to a nice warm hearth where uh, a fire is crackling, keeping this tavern a little warm. The camera pans away, and we uh, meet our two peculiar, randomly not-so-fitting characters. Xanthorpe, give us a rundown <laughs> of your character. Oh, dude, this is my first time seeing that token, and it's very funny to me. Uh, <laughs> that is not my character. I am this fella here. Uh, he goes by the name of Xanthorpe. And Xanthorpe um, is... So each one of these ships that uh, travels throughout the uh, deep sea. space, the astral sea is the word I was looking for there, um, they require some sort of mage or uh, some some form of magic to be like sort of powering them and Xanthorpe is in fact our power source here Xanthorpe is a 
he really uh, harnesses his telekinetic and telepathic abilities. And he kind of most of the time is just spent uh, sitting in the helm of this spell jamming ship and just kind of like warging out all spaced out sort of odd uh, sorcerer type dude. And yeah, he's got these four cool bug arms and these big bug eyes. What is his, this is a very strange question, but his arms, does he have like, does his hands look human or are they like pincers? Like, what do they look like? So yeah, he's got those four arms and then the one baby arm that's keeping him the tripod moving. Uh, But yeah, dude, he's got a, he's got, (laughs) he's got, he's got these big pincer hands uh, that are, that are almost, yeah. I mean, the, the bottom arms have a little bit more dexterous fingers. But yeah, he's got some sort of big claw-ish type hands. Perfect for really uh, holding up some sort of device to um, uh, have an auction with if you have like one of those wood devices. Dude, he's got a great claw for that. Weird. The uh, camera pans towards our other adventurer, Dunning Krugar. And what does your character look like? Uh, well, you're looking at him. Uh, giant mantis guy, uh, also with four arms. His uh, two main arms, of course, are very claw-like mantis hands. The smaller arms underneath uh, have things uh, similar to fingers. They have a little more dexterity and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically him, although he doesn't have a mouth that opens this way. He's got the mandibles here instead. That's a little slight um, addition. And uh, while uh, Xanthorpe is busy flying the spell jammer um dunning krugar is busy being an expert on everything uh dude knows everything he's pretty much (laughs) pretty much an expert on anything and probably knows more than you um about everything and uh now that they've crash landed here you know he's taking it upon himself to uh make sure xanthorpe understands uh how they're going to get through this to get their their uh, their ship refueled and go on to the next job. So yeah, um, that's Dunning Krugar. Well, the the tavern is full of all various villagers, and uh, none of them seem to be really giving you any attention. You see, actually, Timber Sprout is uh, one of the local trade hubs, so they've seen many walks of life. Have they seen Giant Mantis? No, but you're not causing any harm, and you're actually in a place of uh, celebration after a uh, long day. No one uh, seems to uh, pay you any mind, but instead you just hear the clinking of glasses and chants and the locals start to burst out into drunken song. You hear the, the plates clatter and, and cling. All of a sudden, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. A side note, though, clearly the reason they're not freaking out is we're doing an awesome job blending in with our sweep hoods and cloaks that barely fit <laughs> and our very human-like mannerisms uh they're or humanoid mannerisms they have no clue All right, you guys are totally trying to play as, this yeah, is the first Zanthor- time you've been to this planet correct yeah correct oh but and we know i have the delivery uh the package if you will on my hip in a bag um prepared to give it to uh to our guy our dude wow, 19 nice. for me so with both of you guys with those high rolls, out, out of nowhere, out of thin air, appears a man that we all know and uh, love. I'm sorry, I didn't have him ready. And show to players. Does it show on your screen now, Mike? Yeah, I, I, I see uh-huh. it, dude. Uh-huh. 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 Poof. And appearing out of thin air is a man about 40 years old. A puff of smoke and sparkles appears in the seat near the characters. Aha! As he pops in the chair, he says, See, I told you, Horan, one dash of cobalt teeth would land us in Timber Sprout exactly as I planned. I knew this would be exactly where we needed to pick up the package. And he turns to his left. He notices Horan's actually not there at all. And he uh, leans over to Xanthorpe and he says, uh, well, I swear it was only a pinch of cobalt teeth. Hmm. Well, and as 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 Zanthorpe sees this man pop up, he says, "Yet another human 
we must greet him with the proper customs and starts waving all his arms. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys wear any uniform? Do you does anything say Jamazon? Uh, I would think maybe uh, some sort of tattoo on our um, mm. carapace on our chest or something, and maybe a J, like the, the a branding. J. Yes. And like uh, after waving like this, uh, Xanthor appears in his head via telepathy. Dunning Krugar says, "Nailed it! Remember though, yep. Xanthorp, when they are this close, you don't only wave your arms; you shake theirs." And he reaches out with his pincers and he grabs Sandblaze's arms <laughs> and he shakes them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give me an athletics check. He's gonna try and to prevent. In- and in Sandblaze's head, while this is happening, he hears, Greetings, human. All right, athletics? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You guys can't. Uh... Okay, so yeah, uh, Sandblaze rolled a five. Uh, so you're able to shake him as all so violently. And he says, And I just keep shaking his arms. Just keep shaking them. <laughs> so are you just Nailed like... it. Yes, please. Shaking his please arms. Please stop. You're going to. I can't have my hands broken. Please accept my greeting. Humans (laughs) prefer their hands shaken. With a final jerk, he yanks his hands out and he dusts his his robe off and he says, Huh, I was told I was supposed to meet somebody here for a delivery. Surely you might have heard my name before. And he puts his arm around you. Done again. Done in. Dining. Dining. Are you the one they call? Does the world's greatest illusionist ring any bells? And a bunch of fireworks goes off behind him. So in in uh, Xanathorpe's head, he hears Dunning Krugar say, "It's all done with mirrors, smoking mirrors, so easy to do." And you guys are speaking telepathically, so Sam, whose feelings would get uh, very hurt, he would get very upset by that comment. Uh, no, no, he skipped right past him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't hear that. I, I gotta remind myself that you guys are talking telepathically, which is I, by the way, I think uh, um, Xanthorpe totally buys anytime Dunning spouts off about something all, all confidently, he's just totally buying it, dude. He's into it. I love that. I am Sanbole, the world's greatest illusion. Do I have to sign a clipboard or a piece of paper for my package? I've been waiting so long. Yes. Uh, please produce a sign. And Samble snaps his finger and the pen lifts up and that just kind of etches on itself. And he says, so how did you even transport a miniature giant space hamster? This is uh, actually very surprising to Dunny and Krugar. They never look at what they're delivering. So that piques his interest, and he takes the small pouch uh, on his hip, and he peeks in. And as he peeks his head in, he sees an adorable miniature giant space hamster. Like you do. And, oh, my God. And as you open it, Sam Belay quickly snatches it out of your pincer hands in fear that you'll slice the, the thing in half. <laughs> and he says, I need it for my next great illusion. Now, what kind of payment do you need? I remember it being about 75 gold pieces. 75 gold pieces? We said 75 of your best fishes. <laughs> fishes. You want 75 fishes. Do not try to renegotiate the terms. No, no, I don't. I don't want to renegotiate. You signed the clipboard. Well, I did already sign the clipboard, but I have unfortunate news. But I know of a way where you can get said fish. You see, I don't have the fish on me, nor could I produce them in one of my illusions. And he snaps his finger and little fireworks come out of his finger. There's actually an auction being held. Actually, just right around the corner. And if you're not too familiar, the Iron Horse Auction. Have you heard of Iron Horse Gang at all? 
No, but no. I have heard of around the corner. It's where <laughs> fudge is made. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Here, I have a proposition for the both of you. You kind of seem like businessmen. What do you What do you think? Dunning Kruger sits up very, very straight because clearly he's an expert businessman. What on earth has given you that impression of me? (laughs) (laughs) Dunning Kruger says, on top of the payment for this nonsense, we will require more fishes for our helm needs to be fed for us to travel the astral seas. It is beyond your human comprehension. Send us to the fishes. <laughs> oh, very well, very well. I like the. I suggest you get in on the fish market. Well, changing over all of your pathetic metals to fish. <laughs> it is unregulated in the astral world. Well, fish is kind of a radical currency here in Faerun. It's probably not, uh, probably not the most adequate type. You of... fool! <laughs> And he says, uh, well, here is my proposition. I could give you as much fish as you want, actually. And the auction is going to be selling some fish. Some of the world's rarest fish, mind you. Now, this auction doesn't happen too often, and I'm actually after a certain item. They're called the Gleaming Gauntlets. And then as he says that, when he says gauntlets, he lifts his cloak up, and smoke pops up from his cloak. You see, with those gloves, I should be able to grant your deepest desire. But let me offer you this. I give you 12,000 coins. And I know that sounds like a lot, but this auction holds only the most rarest items. And the gold should be enough to win those gloves and the fish. Now... If you stay on course, you'll be able to obtain both those items. Now, gentlemen, please don't don't let me regret giving you twelve thousand gold. I'm gonna kick myself in the ass. So clearly, I? you are inadequate, which is why you desire our services. We are expert negotiators. Ah, now you sound like my last girlfriend. Here you go. Look. And he snaps his fingers, and as he snaps his fingers, uh, a pillowcase of coins poof, drops on uh, the table. And then all of a sudden, uh, these two little feathery pieces of paper float down ever so gently on top of the uh, gold pile. The carriage that's around the corner should be able to get you in to the auction. They can take you to exactly where you need to go. I think Xanthorpe tries to grab some of the gold and take a bite out of it. Oh, those are not for eating. Sometimes I do. Where are the fish? Sometimes Uh, you can do magic tricks with them. And then he takes a coin out from behind your head and he shows you the gold coin. That was actually quite impressive. (laughs) (laughs) He's all forearms. A, uh, inside of Xanthorpe's head, he hears Dunning Krugar, and he says, "When a humanoid pleases you with your performance, you must clap." And he just takes his pincers and just right on the sides of Sambalay's head, just claps. Oh, oh, oh goodness! <laughs> you have done well. Oh, well. Well, don't thank me yet, because you still have to buy the fish. I'm hoping. Remember, and he looks at both of you, and he says, Gloves and fish. It's the only two things you need from the auction. Understood? Yes, I will follow this plan. (laughs) You You have chosen wisely, trickster Dunning Krugar. He mentally, he uses his uh, telepathic and telekinesis powers to levitate the coins uh, to him, and he affixes them to his hip uh, where he has a belt. He has a cloak and just a belt. Everything else is his carapace. And he says in his mind, Xanathorpe, let us take leave. We're totally 
fitting in. <laughs> I love this idea that you guys completely think you're like fitting in, acting natural. Clearly, we are the experts on all creatures. We know their cultures in ways better than they know them themselves. Come, yes. let us go. You guys uh, take your leave. Right around the corner, uh, you notice... Where fudge a... is made. Where... <laughs> <laughs> you guys notice the carriage that's sitting on the side. Can you guys both... This is not an acceptable vessel for their children. I thought there was a carriage here. <laughs> These fools do not even know what their own devices are called. Dunning Krugar, ladies and gentlemen. This is a miniature land spell jammer, and I will not man this helm without fish. <laughs> Both of you what guys you give expect, me perception checks. What do you expect from humanoids that wear their insides on the outsides? Who puts the squishy yes. parts on the out? <laughs> perception? Uh, yeah. I have negative one. That's good. I rolled an eight. 17. You're old 17. Okay, so uh, Dunning Krugar, you noticed that uh, that carriage was not there uh, when you guys walked into the tavern. It almost like appeared out of thin air. And what's even kind of weirder is you look around and uh, you know you don't see how the carriage would move. You guys probably, if Earth is the first time you've been, you probably don't know horses pull carriages. But there's no Don't animals. Don't tell around. Dunning Krugar what he knows. <laughs> you is this, is this your first trip to Earth? I shouldn't assume. Is this your first trip to Earth? Or oh, it's totally our first trip to Faerun, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. So you have no like. It looks like there is a. There would be something, uh, a way to tow this thing, and it's also kind of weird. It just appeared out of thin air. So uh, this very elaborate carriage stands about 15 feet tall with all these like beautiful. Uh, stained windows and on this front door has like this beautiful like metal hinges a giant door knocker that's in the shape of a horse what would you like to do dunning krugar says you see they have not mastered the ways of spell jamming those circles are how they achieved locomotion they require no fish but cannot travel the astral seas ah Give and take, I suppose. Yes. Come, I will show you how one knocks on a door. And we proceed over to the door. Uh, Dunny Krugar says, uh, in his mind, of course, to Xanthorpe, Xanthorpe, I will allow you the pleasures of knocking on the door. Please proceed to knock. And he gestures towards the door. I walk over. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a nice knock. A good hefty three triple knock. Doosh, doosh, doosh. And as every time you hit the knocker, it sounds like there's a, a giant echo. It seems like the echo is from would be like a 50-foot cave. And on the third knock, the door flings open. And as it flings open, I would like dexterity saving throw. As he's doing it, Dunning-Krugar says, Yes, one must knock three times on the window if you want me. And uh, <laughs> dexterity saving throw? Yep. Dirty oh, 20. Oh, dang. I love it. Xanthorpe with a six. Unfortunately, you are sucked into the portal. I am going to give you one last chance to deck save to see since May I use my uh, reaction? Yes, to absolutely. To use my, tele my telepathic hand to grab him by one of his many appendages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. So you guys are, you're holding on to the door. You're holding on into this like portal that's sucking you in full force. And you notice that the door is starting to close and your pincers are wrapped around the door frame, holding you from getting sucked into the portal. What would you like to do? So uh, Dunning Krugar says, yes, this is how these pathetic creatures travel between portals of their rooms and he walks in to the portal like a boss yeah so with with that 20 essentially like you 
you controlled the momentum a lot more. You were able to gain uh, your composure uh, and ultimately saved you from taking some serious fall damage because as you guys walk through this portal, find that it's almost like you're walking down stairs, stairs that like don't end. Has it been minutes? Has it been seconds? Has it been hours? It's been so long. It just goes on and on and on until you reach the bottom of the steps. And in front of you is this giant, we'll call it a house, with these four massive cylinders, these columns that are in the front. Uh, very similar to like uh, Roman columns here. Are you selling us real estate in D&D right now? Exactly. Maybe. Maybe. The whole time down, um, Dunning Kruger is explaining how on this pathetic planet that all deals uh, are based on location, location, location. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, Dennis. Uh, see, the real estate Freak agent out. in me says it's not no more about whoa, uh, location, whoa, whoa, location, whoa, whoa, location. Whoa, whoa. Dunning Kruger. Whoa. <laughs> Dunning Kruger knows. Easy expert. Estate. Is there anything he knows enough about that he knows that he doesn't know about it? Whoa. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, so as you guys walk up to this this elaborate front entrance, looks like a uh, millionaire's house. It's like over the top fancy as shit. Before you, you see a goblin and he's talking to two uh, kobolds. You hear him say something to him, and it's kind of too too far to really hear what's going on. But you see the kobolds throw their arms up in the air, and uh, they kind of walk past you, and they kind of like scuff, and they start to head back up the stairs. And you overhear him say, uh, "I don't want to give up my weapons, anyways. I, I'm, I'm not. No way am I giving them my my cleaver. I can't give them that." And then uh, the other one's going, "I told him I knew him back in high school, and he should show some respect to the elder dragon." That's kind of not nice. And the two of them uh, fade off into so, the distance. In uh, Xanthorpe's head, he hears, oh, you see, that is what we call an Easter egg on this realm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. And then he, he goes to proceed to explain why why it's an Easter egg. Welcome uh, to the multiverse, uh, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Um, but then he says, now we must hide our weapons from these simple creatures. My carapace changes and morphs to blend in so the weapons blend into our body shape you know they very much blend right in like they're just part of our carapace are you saying what your weapons are or your no i can't change my weapons i'm changing my the coloration of my body oh okay i see i see i see so the weapons blend in uh, or at least i'm hoping they will blend in as we walk through i think xanthorpe is just walking in and he's going to be very just hey do you want me to remove my pincers like what what's procedure like as you approach uh the goblin on the table you see uh just a whole bunch of random weapons with all these tags and stuff that are all locked up behind him and he he's kind of like taking inventory as you guys approach it approach the front desk and he goes all right give me a ticket let me see greetings humanoid greetings Oh, man, I got a bad feeling I, about you, too. I am Dunning-Kruger, and I grab his little goblin hands and start shaking them. Stop. Let go of my hands. What are you doing? Let go. I need these. These are my money maker. Accept my greeting. <laughs> are we doing better than the small red dragons? <laughs> no, you're doing worse. Jeez, man. Lord, uh, listen. I, you give me the tickets. Do you have? Do you have two tickets to even get in this place? Only to what your creatures would call the gun show. And I give him a flex. <laughs> <laughs> and I say to I say to Xanthorpe, nailed it. We you guys are blending in so well. I think I just try to walk past this guy. <laughs> Uh, you you can't walk past him because both the doors are shut. Uh, oh, and as okay. you try to walk past him, he goes, "Buddy, I need you to give me the two tickets, and you got to turn your weapons in." I'm sorry, this so, ain't an option. Dunning Kruger remembers the two things that floated down uh, to the gold. He uses his telekinesis powers to pick them up and levitate them to them. 
to the goblin. Ah, nice. Perfect. Perfect. Listen, I don't ask questions how you get the tickets because I've never seen the likes of you. You probably aren't from this planet for all I know. You guys look like a couple of freakazoids. But what now that we got the tickets. About? In we your head. Are, He's on to us. We are simple humanoids. Look at us honor your cultures. <laughs> Uh, now I just need you to turn in uh, any weapons. You got any swords, any sharp items? Can you chop your pictures off? Weapon. What do you expect me to do? I have signed on multiple planets for my body, for it is a trained weapon. Give me a deception. Ray. I am a black belt at Tai Kai Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what would you like me to do? You, you have a sword or something, don't you? I have a rapier and a dagger. Yeah, so give me a deception. I'm hoping they're blended into my sweet carapace. We're going to do, let's do persuasion with advantage because they're blended in. So Nailed it. He goes, all right, well, I mean, keep those pinchers. You know, actually, I got a set of rubber bands. Can I put rubber bands on those things? Keep them shut? I am not claps? what your people call rubber a band. lobster. What about you? Yes. What about you, uh, tall gangling one? You got any weapons as, on you? As he says, as he says that uh, we don't have to remove our pincers. Xanthorpe is trying. He's been <laughs> clicking away at his pincer, and he says, "Very generous, but they say my greatest weapon is my mind." <laughs> and then he starts to like try to like remove the back part of his head for a second. <laughs> oh my lord! No, leave your head on. Jeez, I just want the <sighs> weapons. Do you? Here, listen. I also let me have this one dagger. And he just kind of throws it at the ground. And you throw the dagger and it lands b between his feet and he takes the, the dagger and he goes, well, here, take your ticket, check it. When you come back out, we'll give you your weapon. I'm holding it all over here. Otherwise, gentlemen, welcome to the auction. As he says that, the two heavy doors lift behind him and you see this very elaborate welcoming hall. Uh, before it. you straight ahead. I shake him. What'd you say? I shake him on my way out. Oh, stop it. I already gave you your, your ticket, okay? Leave me alone. <laughs> Why are you guys always shaking me? I swear. Do you walk in? Yeah, like a boy. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, perfect. So as you walk in... Remember, yeah, walk casually. <laughs> yes. Be casual. And he sticks all of his appendages out stiff. Uh, and starts to like like walk like he's on stilts almost. <laughs> And as you guys walk into this uh, very elaborate hall, it's this beautiful marble floors with all these tall, very like probably like 30, 40 foot tall ceilings. And straight ahead of you, you see these two giant, massive behemoths uh, standing guard of these two doors that are closed shut. To your left, you hear a sound of like a bar kind of clattling. You hear some laughter and conversation to the right. You can just see kind of like a small lounging area. And then on either sides of you, you actually see this big staircase uh, with this velvet carpet that's on it. As you guys enter the room, this man approaches you and he says, Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome to the Iron Horse Auction. I am the head butler, Miles. And he uh, bows towards you. I turn to Dunning and wonder what to do with this custom because I'm not familiar uh, with it. So Dunning, of course, knows exactly what to do. When the butler sort of bows, he takes his hand and he pushes the back of his head down into the ground. Yes, you will worship us. Well done, Butler Miles. And yet he's pushing him to grovel at his feet. Well, Yes, I... nailed it. Nailed it. Well, I won't be doing any of that. I am here, however, to serve you hors d'oeuvres, maybe? Or maybe provide a drink service. As and... you say that, we're going... Uh, right behind him, this little uh, clanky clanker guy. Well, this guy walks up behind him and he hears... All these whirling and whizzings of all different sizes and he goes great great greetings maybe i can be be, be of service or, or service would you like uh some some or dirt 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 gent, gent, gentle things 
Dunning-Kruger says, Xanthor, play it cool. And he begins bowing repeatedly like Butler Miles did. Uh, I start to grovel at the butler's feet. (laughs) (laughs) Give us your horse doers. Please stand up, 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 up. This is not necessary in this home. Thank you. On the tray, you notice uh, he has some tasty treats. And he says, I would like you to enjoy fresh, fresh, fresh. Cut wild. Before he's even done, my mental uh, hand is grabbing up treats and delivering them to uh, Xanthorpe and myself. And our mandibles, our salivating mandibles. I think I'm going right for the crumbs on the tray also. With my straight up with my mandibles. And it's like as he's like explaining to you what it is, you guys just take it out of (laughs) out of the tray. You like suction it like a vacuum cleaner. All of it. Uh, yeah. well, maybe, 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 maybe I should go get more out of the back. Would so, you prefer for for more? Dunning Kruger says to Xanthorpe, "In these cultures, it is appropriate to give the servants a tip." And so he takes his his dagger and he mentally just pokes him with it just a little bit, just just the tip, just pokes him. Ah, uh, consider yourself tipped. I, w- I want to grab the whole bag of gold and try to give it to this butler and say, thank you for the services. <laughs> and I'm holding out our entire bag of gold to the to the butler. All right. Are you going to let him just take it? No, you have, you, you fool. The, the plan was to get food and he's given us. But, but you merely <laughs> give a tip, a tip at the tip of something. I am given the tip of my dagger. You idiot. Give oh. him the tip of something. And I take the gold back. I poke him with uh, one of my pincers, and I thank the butler. As you poke him, it it was almost like he was, like, frozen in place, and you poke him, and you go, Oh, thank you for hitting my reset button. I feel much better now. I'm going to go get your derbs. He's definitely—you guys, when you pinched him, you definitely cut a cord loose, and now he's acting, like, completely different. Like, he's not— not so very. He's kind of walking now, a little funky. He's and probably he actually, also a little confused, speaking telepathically to bug things, and he's a weird robot guy. That's probably yeah. a little confusing, jarring so for the poor whatever, guy. However, he's walking. Wherever we're heading, I start matching that walk. Okay. Yeah. So you're gonna head in his direction. Yeah, I think if especially if he's heading towards the bar, that seems like where yeah we could find food. While you see him make his way towards the back, you kind of are trailing behind him a little bit. Butler Miles uh, takes a step away from you to greet uh, the next guests that come in. And uh, you guys start to follow closely behind Butler Tom. And uh, you see Butler Tom, he goes behind this door. He disappears off into the door that's to the left. And now you guys are at the bar. Do you guys uh, follow Butler Tom, or are you guys just chilling at the bar? What's the play? Now, this is a very important part of humanoid negotiations. They lubricate before (laughs) business dealings. Let us lubricate. And he sashays up to the bar. If it is proper custom. And I, I follow through. Let's uh, go to this. How's the bar? What's the vibe of this bar? Uh, everybody's having a good time. You can see everybody's like laughing. And uh, there's one guy who's like going on uh, about his story. You see uh, just one barkeep. He's kind of entertaining a group of about three people. As you guys walk up, you hear uh, this man uh, stand up on top of his chair. And he goes, and there we were. Exactly where I thought we'd be. In the grasp of the defiled dragon. And then the other two at the table go, <gasps> and gasp in terror. You guys uh, walk into the scene. Do you guys let him continue? Do you interrupt him? We mosey up to the bar. Dunning Krugar says to Xanthorpe, Yes, uh, I believe this is where we saddle up to the bar. As if we were on... Uh, the horses before. And he sits sort of what would be side saddle on the bar. We are saddling up. And he, like he was when he was riding the horse, he grabs the bar with his two main hands and his other hands 
are up in the air like like this and he leans his pincered head over and says through telepathy please lubricate us before our business dealings that that they call the barkeep so no one else hears this do who do you say this to the barkeep whoever's behind the bar okay so see i'm projecting it to everybody because uh we have that ability it's just yeah. open telepathy. Everyone okay. hears this in their minds. You see this man behind the counter? He is actually uh, a minotaur, and uh, he's cleaning cups, and you say you want to get lubricated, and he goes, yeah, well, what can I? Uh, what kind of lubrication you in for, gentlemen? Because uh, we got plenty of different kinds behind the bar. What can I help you with? <laughs> and the man who is telling that story has stopped and he's just kind of standing on the stool looking at you guys very awkward. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue your cool human story. Yes, do not be disturbed by our awesome cultural awareness. Please continue <laughs> with your tag. Just as he's about to start, the barkeep Dwayne, he slams these two cups on the table. Well, maybe you guys will be fixing for a couple of these. This is uh, Dwayne Specialty. I call it Dwayne's Drink. You like that alliteration there, boys? Not quite a Glazorpian slime ball, but acceptable. <laughs> and you see uh, the camera kind of zooms in to uh, Dunning-Krugar, and he turns and looks into the camera, and he says, those of you at three lives, join us in a drink of celebration. And then he turns back as if uh, nothing is happening. And <laughs> he says telepathically to Xanthorpe, that is what we call breaking the third wall of the fourth dimension of the astral plane. Is there anything you don't know? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> now watch me drink. And he shoves his face in the mug. The humanoids call this getting faced. And he just sticks his little face in there. <laughs> there <is> little <laughs> I down it in one, one big gulp. Wow, I, I can't believe you guys. Y'all ain't probably from around these parts. Because I'll tell you what, we've seen all kinds of crazy things. I mean, for crying out loud, you get, do you see the talking robot? I ain't never seen nothing like that from where I come from. I'm a talking cow. Y'all, y'all get where I'm going with this? Like this, this is all a little crazy. Y'all, y'all just a bunch of aliens. We yeah. have traveled the seas with Mr. Dimples. <laughs> Mr. You do not impress us, bovine creature. Oh, I forgot about Mr. Dimples. Oh my god. Well, I don't know uh, Mr. Dimples, but I'll tell you what. Uh Loved a little fair lady that uh, had a couple of dimples that I quite fell in love with. And as he says that, you see the man on the stool says, Enough about your she-man dimples. Fin let me finish my story. How rude of all of you to not even give me the opportunity to finish my grand reveal? Yes, Xanathorpe. You, you fool. You are very rude. As I told you, these people prefer to talk about themselves. It is the way to win and influence friends. Now, Barkeep, lubricate us. You there, continue your tale. Speak about yourself so you feel good about yourself and you will enjoy our company. Yes, and we will listen and care. Then we just lean in very close. Now, now where, where was I? As like the face comes into camera, like you both like sandwich his face on either side. We are very attentive. Uh, this is I, an interesting story. As I, I like the way you tell it. You are funny. As I was saying, it you see, it wasn't an undead dragon at all. You see, it was actually a beholder from the beginning. And then the both on both people at the bar go. <gasps> It was the beholder? The one, uh, the short one on the left, you hear with her faint voice, I can't believe it was the beholder the whole time. When he says that, Xanthorpe seems a little bit like he doesn't believe this guy. And what he does is he stares at this human. He casts a big zone of truth in this area. It's very obvious to everyone. It's a large sort of, uh, uh, like a sphere that pops up, and he says, Human, 
the truth about this tale? Do um, I have to make a saving throw for that? Yeah, I think can so. Can you put Charisma, it? Yeah, put perhaps? it in the chat so I can remember what it is. Uh, so while you do that, uh, Dunning Krugar goes to speak to try to tell Xanthorpe to knock it off, and instead he tells the complete truth. He says, "Though this man is a fool, you will blow our cover and you will lose us friends and support." Ooh, a charisma, charisma. saving. Okay, all right, here we go. You ready? Oh, by the way, people at home, uh, I'm rolling dice in real life because I just want the the satisfaction of rolling a dice. What's the save? 14. Ooh, wow, dude. He gets a 13, bro. <laughs> so he says, uh, he goes. What is this guy fabricating at all about this tale? Uh, what, what you guys are perceiving, and you guys were able to uh, pick up on his grandiose lie, and as you cast this zone of truth, he says, well, actually, didn't happen to me. It, it was uh, actually the play that I wrote. Quite convincing, isn't it, gentlemen? For a second you believed me. For perhaps three seconds, yes. But after that, no. <laughs> Why do you got to come in here and blow my cover anyways? I was. Xanthorp is freaking out now, be, being called out. He didn't mean to. He goes fully limbs extended again. He doesn't know what to do. I do not see covers upon you. What brings you in these parts, anyways? You come to a man as he's feasting on drinks and and pull one over on him. Who are you? We've come for water and fish and. I think one more thing, part of the plan, but those two mainly. <laughs> and uh, as you broadcast that to everybody, the barkeep goes, Oh, shoot, y'all like uh, fish, huh? Hold on one sec, I got something for you. The man uh, in the blue coat, the very royal-esque-looking blue coat, he looks down at you, and he says, uh, Gentlemen, rule number one of Faerun, never interrupt a performer when he's telling... A story. Or In our pitch. culture, rule number one is not to insult those that could eat you. And my mandibles go. Why would you eat me? If you ate me, the world would be one less of me. Do you even know who I am? No. No. Shirley, you've seen one of my. My name is many... actually Dunning Krugar. I am not called Shirley. You <laughs> Surely you must have seen one of my many plays before. Tis, I'm the grand performer, the star of the show, the man of the hour, the man of this very second. It is I, Ashmar the Great, the talented, the handsome, the performer, the award-winning actor. And he puts his hand in front of his face, and he says, Scene. Is there anything from that statement you wish to retract being in the zone of truth still? I apologize. <laughs> Everything I said is true. I'm an award winner. Doesn't have to be the the the, the Tinas, the Tonys. Doesn't have to be that. My what? Mom, my mom gave me an award once. It was some award winning. Uh -oh. On this planet, they prefer mom jokes. Yes, I too have received awards from your mom. <laughs> you are quite the audience. You are very entertaining, gentlemen. What uh, brings you to the auction? What are you in search for? Mostly fish! And as you say that, the barkeeper, Dwayne, boom, slams down two mugs down uh, in front of you. And uh, the aroma is starts to overtake you guys and it's very very fishy definitely down that thing yeah so as you down that i would like you guys uh roll before i do i say uh uh dunning krugar says his answer uh pincers out it is fancy and he opens his pincer out like this as he he opens my i open mine and it drops out of my hand and he catches it with his lower hand and then drinks it <laughs> instead of a d4 i want you to roll a D10. How about a D100? Nah, D10. Boo. 
it got eight. All the way nice. So you guys gained uh, eight temporary hit points as you down nice. uh, this delicious fish drink. The uh, girl on the bottom of the uh, uh, the bar, she says, I think uh, they're actually going to be auctioning off some fish later today, honey. Are you an astral gnome? Actually, I am a gnome, but I'm not quite astral, honey. Uh, you see, they call me Dove Ellington, sweetheart. I, I'm i a bit of a mystic around here. The last mystic told me I must avoid birds at all costs. Do you agree with her assessment? Well, I don't know her. She could just be a crock. You know, there's, that's the unfortunate thing of being in a no, mystic no, no. business. Birds, not crocs. Oh, <laughs> oh, I hear. I, this is a... Uh, a term we use in Faerun that means uh, a fake, a fraud. You see, unfortunately, in my line of work, there are a lot of fakes and and phonies. Do you mean like your fake hair and plumage? I beg your pardon. How dare you? you? I am. You do not need to beg with us. We are simple merchants here to purchase fishes. Uh, both of you give me a perception. I start, I start to bow. Yeah, I start to bow to her. Give me a perception check. Me? Both of you. Me also? Yeah. Okay. I perceive nothing. Yeah, a you guys six. both don't. You guys don't see I'm busy anything. looking at her plumage. And she says, uh, is fish uh, all that your kind eats? You're just here for the bucket of fish? You know, there's a lot of unless, different cool items here. Unless there are elves available. Something uh, about a glove! There was something elves. about a glove! <laughs> Oh, you're after the glove? All Something about a glove. Glove. Huh. And fish. Interesting. Fishes and, are delicious. And where did a couple creatures like you get the funds? Uh, we have been funds our entire life. Look at us. Hmm. <laughs> Point proven as she picks her feather. Mind you, it's none of my business, but just like to know... Why this auction brings such curious characters? And she takes a, another sip from her uh, drink. In so Dunning-Krugar very casually grabs uh, someone else's glass of whatever they have and tries to mimic her, uh, the way she drank it, her smoothness or whatever. Like, I too am fancy. You drink like one of like the gross old cups, so it's like a little bit, you know, like the backwash last sip of a yeah. drink? When you take a sip, it actually burns a little bit when you drink drink this one. All of a sudden, over the loudspeaker, you hear, doo, doo, doo. Attention, everybody. The auction will be beginning in the next five minutes. You may begin. There is another, there is another telepath here. Another Thrycream on this vessel. We will do furious battle with this creature. <laughs> Are you guys projecting that again to the whole the whole group of them? Oh hell's yeah! Hell's oh yeah, yeah dude. Uh, we, have to warn, we have to warn them of this tel telepath. Dwayne says, uh, "Well, gentlemen, that's uh, ain't no telepathy. That's just a uh, speaker, overhead speaker. <laughs> overhead speaker will fall in battle before my claw. <laughs> no, no, wow. We will it's... find overhead speaker." Fear not. Listen, I, I've been told once they make that announcement, I gotta close up the bar. So if y'all want anything, it's a last call, and I'm gonna be closing her up. Y'all want anything? You guys want more of that fish juice? More fish juice, yes! He goes underneath the bar, uh, and he pulls up his uh, bottle of fish oil, and he goes, ah, oh, man, it looks like I just got about one more for one more shot. Which one of y'all want it? You can have it. <laughs> No, no, no. You will need your strength for battle with an overhead speaker. All right, roll a D10. I'm chugging it, dude. I'm chugging it. Well, typically you can't stack. Uh, um... Yes, you take the highest temporary hit points, if that's what it is. Well, we well, are. you are now adding one. I got a one, so. So you Not should the be nine temporary there. hit points now. Frick yeah. Um, Xanthorpe, let us find overhead speaker. <laughs> Overhead speaker shall fall. So, shall do battle as if we are on the Ashimian wasteland. And he does like his little mantis walk. The Zoidberg sort of diagonal. How dare you? 
So where do you guys go? Are you guys going to take the stairs up? Or are you going to go through that main hall entrance? Um, I turn to the barkeep. One horn bovine. Where shall we find this overhead speaker? Well, uh, gentlemen. I, just I remind pointed... you, you are in a zone of truth. Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, I just. Look, it's, it's that thing that's hanging above me. We got about five of them all throughout the whole dang place. Five overhead speakers, they shall all fall before my <laughs> Now, as is custom in your world, point us in the right direction with your phallus-like appendages. Well, if that means finger, I'll tell you it's going to be over this way. And he just ushers you to the steps yep. or to the hallway. Where, do you I see heard. other people starting to get like a move on yeah. here? Yeah, um... Great point, Mike. Thank you for reminding me. Give me one sec. Uh, you actually see the two that are sitting on the other side of the room. They start to make their way into the room. Uh, and as they open the door, you realize that the door has actually been unlocked this entire time. You could have had your seats earlier. So it's uh has a couple people in it. You hear the noise and the chatter. You can hear people in the audience as they start to open the door. The two people that were off to the side, they open the door. You hear all the chatter, the the crowd all talking over one another. You see uh, the other three at the bar. They start to uh, pick up their stuff. The guy that was sitting at the one bar, he goes up the stairs. Two immediately in front of you. You notice the so little... Before, uh, before we go, um, Dunning Krugar says... Wait, we have forgotten to lubricate. And he scans the bar and looking for like the most viscous sort of liquid that he can see. Viscous. Like thick, oily sort of bottle of something. You or... see a bottle uh, when you scan? Uh, give me a perception check. Let's see if you find I... it. While I, Google, while I Google what viscous means. 18. Oh, oh so people. with that 18, you, you find, find you find this bottle of Goo Gone underneath, and it's a cleaner. <laughs> it's a, you find a cleaner underneath so, the bar. So, so I take it, and Dunning Krugar with his oh telepathic hand takes it and shakes it like under his arms, and on, and then he takes the second half of it and just is splashing it. Uh, all over uh, Xanthorpe. Now we are properly lubricated. You've done well. And as we're leaving this place, I uh, uh, decast my zone of truth and look at the bartender and say, you may return to your lies. <laughs> <laughs> and then looking down at our the, how the Gugan has created this shiny carapace, uh, you see by lubricating, we are now more charismatic and beautiful. Much like the dove's plumage. And he starts strutting, you know, because he's feeling really good about his mantis self. Well, now, and, now, as you say that, that polish, uh, you now have uh, advantage on charisma checks for the like, next oh. hour. Oh. How about them apples? I will take an apple, but I prefer fishes. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're gonna we're, we proceed in. Oh, perfect. So the... uh, you see, kind of everybody start to make their way in. Uh, the the gnome woman kind of made her way up to the stairs. You see Ashmar the Great uh, just start to make his way through the center door. Which way or do you guys want to go? Do we have any or... sort of like ticket stub type deal or anything left over from that? Or yeah, you have of... um your ticket stub serves for you xanthorpe as your uh redemption ticket for your weapon when you leave all oh, right does it like say anything about seating or anything nope doesn't say anything uh, all, right. all right so dunning krugar says xanthorpe as i have told you before no one can defeat us if we have the high ground come they begin to go up the stairs yes what you said plus one i also heard was they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> yes, we started at the bottom, but now we will be at the top. And we're kind of like going up all pincery of these stairs. As you guys walk up the stairs, as you round the very top steps, you notice that this place just 
is massive. The amount of seating is crazy. And where you guys are up top is not so densely populated with seats. But down below, you see uh, it packed shoulder to shoulder all the way through. So as you guys walk into this giant, massive auditorium, you see it packed down in the lower pits, shoulder to shoulder. You see a table in front and a uh, small dwarf man who is holding uh, a very thick book in his hand. As you guys all enter, you hear him say, Greetings. Please have a seat. Please take your seat. The auction will begin in just one moment. And ladies and gentlemen, this is where we will take our break today.